Jazz Heads Radio, brought to you in conjunction with Wakefield Jazz, a lovely little jazz club in Yorkshire. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of Jazz Heads. I'm joined today by pianist Varian Weston, who makes up one third of Trio Eternal Triangle, the other two thirds of saxophonist and improvising legend Trevor Watts and percussionist Jamie Harris. Though they mainly play Trevor's compositions, the improvisational aspect of the music creates a more collaborative and open experience where all musicians are equal. One side of the triangle supports the other, hence Eternal Triangle. These guys have been playing together for a long time now in many different ensembles, and there's this real relaxed freedom within the music that exists when artists have developed a a real feel and understanding for one another's craft. I'll let Varian chat more about that in a moment. His choices of music are also fascinating, pieces that have shaped him as an artist and should give you some inspiration for further musical explorations of your own. I'll leave it at that. Hi, Varian. Nice to meet you tonight. Nice to meet you, Ben. Thank you so much for joining me. Collaborations is a word that pops up um, Mm. very regularly when reading about yourself and... um, and so it's yeah. obviously been a huge part of your career. Yes. And you've worked with sort of chamber choirs and orchestras and um, sort of as well as some fascinating individuals like John Zorn, and Carla Blay, obviously Trevor Watts, who you're with yeah. there tonight, and, and many others. So And visual artists. And oh, okay. Filmmakers. And, Great. Yeah, because that's, it's all part of it. Collaborating is kind of, I suppose, about compromise and, and learning to sort of adapt what you do and... I think sacrifice to a certain ex- mm. extent. There is a sacrificial element in in what an artist can see okay. themselves doing. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily. Some people might sort of say, "Oh no, you don't. Ne- you should never compromise. Just do your thing, man." But in actual fact, it's for me. It's about interaction and collaboration. And okay. when I interact and give something, then. Um, hopefully they can uh, sort of, I suppose, give you something back themselves. So it's sort of it, being sympathetic to, yeah. towards the ensembles, the yeah. people you're playing with. Yeah, it's strange because it's also empathetic or sympathetic. I sure. mean, yeah, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. Was um, collaborating with musicians something you always wanted to do or is, is it something that's developed um, over time and um, has um, always been such an important part of your career? Uh, it's it's been kind of imp- it's been uh, vital insofar as uh, the uh, with I- improvising goes. Mm. If if it's like a situation where um, I'm just com- completely open improvising, um, then those kinds of um, collaborations are sort of in the moment um, with people, and they for me it. It is about a development of that sure. collaboration. And you usually do it through the music and not through, for instance, even talking. Mm. And uh, Because sometimes if you talk, you can kind of either intrude a bit too much or you can impose a bit too much sure. or something like that. So you're sort of dictating where it might yeah, go before yeah. it started. I mean, you can do that musically as well. Of so uh, yeah. you know, it's banging out a particular yeah, exactly. thing. You, yes. yeah, yeah. Or playing very quietly, to refusing to play loudly, so that sure. you, you know, you know, 
So it's a bit like sort of blocking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's acting. It's exactly that. It's like you're doing that, but I'm. I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this, and and I'm going to do this until it forces you to come with me. Yes, exactly. I guess that's not. It's what it's all about. I think in a lot of ways, and I think for an audience, sometimes audiences kind of quite enjoy, can enjoy it. Mm. You know, when that, when they see that sort of thing happening, Mm. it's a very natural. Have you got any sort of highlights of sort of some of your favourite projects, some of the favourite collaborations um, of people you over with? over the years? Um, there have, there, yeah, there have, there have been a few highlights, and a lot have been actually with Trevor. Mm. Um, and tonight's tonight's kind of project with Eternal Triangle is um, is a new venture for us, and um, and it's it's come about through. Um, you know, our whole history together. So, in a lot of ways, when I first met Trevor, it was at the Little Theatre Club in about, sometimes, like, late 60s, early 70s. And I was in my late teens or early 20s, and um, I used to go up there. It was in, the Little Theatre Club was in London. And it was a kind of, like, um, a, a venue which enabled people to meet and collaborate and... Um, play improvised music and it was um, sort of at that, that time Trevor had just left the, the Royal Air Force and he'd studied, been studying music along with Paul Rutherford and John Stevens and um, they were looking for a place where they could actually play every week as a sort of regular thing because in a lot of ways unfortunately this, the kind of mu- that kind of music at that, that time in history was quite quite difficult to get an audience. You, mm. You'd be lucky if you get one person and their dog. <laughs> wow, that's a real small crowd. Yeah, very small, very intimate. Very. And, uh, and, and it's been building, though. I mean, it's yeah. kind of... I, rem- I remember going to things even in the 90s, um, last millennium, and sort of Derek Bailey's company... Um, festival, you know, where he would have people from all over the world come and play and have this kind of sort of like spontaneous interaction and collaboration. And the place was jam packed, you know. Fantastic. So, yeah, it is, it's developed. Great. What's next for you? Um, do you have plans or do you I, just go yeah, where the I, wind takes you? And, mm, I, Sort of a tiny bit of both, really. Um, the thing with Trevor, this this particular project with Trevor and Jamie is, um, it's kind of there's a there's a lot of we've done quite a lot of preparation for it, and so it's not improvised music as mm. such. There are elements of improvisation in it, but and it's certainly collaborative as well. Um, insofar as we kind of add our ideas and we talk about it and we discuss things and you know there are all kinds of strategies that we're developing together and finding in the music and so therefore that is a real that the what's next thing is what's next in this particular project and that is enough in itself really I think to propel what interests me at the moment and most uh, to, co- to continue you know um, as far as other things go they are to a certain extent as such a little bit peripheral you know um, because uh, 
Like I've got a solo gig in London in Kew, in, 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 a, in a, the Kew Gardens Cafe on the 16th of December, where I'm playing a piece that I, I, I wrote uh, about 20 years ago called Tessellations. And it's it's on a it's on a the, the, the owner of the cafe has a Fazioli grand piano, and, uh, which Very is nice. really nice. Yeah, that's I'm right. Sure. And um, so I said that I'd like to do a gig there, and they said they were interested. So and it's the first time I think I've played it in in England and um, London for about seven years. So yeah, it's a real so, treat. Yeah, preparing for that, yeah. getting my head around that one. How much of the piece was improvised in the first place? Is that, or how structured is uh, it? How long it's, is it? it it's, it's about an hour long, and um, it's it's based on fifty-two pentatonic scales that are kind of arranged in an adjacent sequence, mm. whereby each pitch of the pentatonic scale shifts one note. Okay. So yeah. and they move through various pentatonic kinds of pentatonic scales. So a common pentatonic scale, um, Hiroshi pentatonic scale, P log pentatonic scale, um, uh, Kumoi pentatonic scale, and there's one which is an Indian pentatonic scale. So they're all linked together, and they're they're found in a diatonic tonal system on all the white notes. Actually, you can play them on all the white notes. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are different arrangements of the five notes. You know, some of them are kind of like, they all sound very different and actually sound quite indigenous to certain cultures in the world. Okay. Like particularly the Kumoi and the Pelogs. Yeah. Anyway, these are technical things. <laughs> Moving <laughs> away and me. on. Yeah. Well, sort of, I could ask you many more questions about that. I think one I would sort of ask would be, um, did... Did you have the idea first? Did you sort of start exploring the pentatonic scales and then decide to yes. write a piece around yes. it? Or, no, yeah. I, I was. Um, I went to a place, um, which goes back to actually collaborations and stuff. But I went to a. a, a I moved to Digswell House in um, in the early seventies um, with my wife and child, and um, became an artist in rev residence there. Um, and I kind of, uh, it was a place where the residents could develop their own kind of work. And I was kind of working on uh, procedures for preparation for improvising at the time. And so therefore I was kind of like preparing, if you like, a kind of syntax, my own syntax for, for what interested me. And I was, I've always been quite fascinated by pentatonic scales and their relationships with one another and how they can connect in a kind of modulatory way. So that's what I've been doing since then. I've been sort of working on that and got a little bit of help from the Arts Council to kind of sort of develop it. And then this foundation called the Peter Whittingham Foundation um, sort of like uh, gave me a tiny bit of money so that I could correlate all the stuff. <laughs> With 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 the intention of, of, of doing a piece for piano solo piano, Great. and I've since I've also since um, included a, a tessellations piece which has come out in um, Canada, which is for um, a choir and solo singers, wow. and that is um, um, something that uses the same system of pentatonic modulation with the the same fifty two scales. But every time the note changes, a, a, a word that is in all the texts change 
the scale. So everybody, every time somebody sings the word make, it shifts to another pentatonic scale. Wow. And there are 52 um, quotations from women writers and activists. Um, and that's how it works. It sort of shifts through all of these scales. And the choir In were responsive? The choir enjoyed it? The choir were amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there was a very good uh, woman who c- conducted and organised the the, the, the the ten singers who sung, and they were called them, they call themselves Hidden Meanings Choir because they sung they sung uh, quite a lot of the texts simultaneously, so you couldn't hear the meanings of the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another part which was a, the solo, for solo voice where where you could hear the. the so that leads us on to the yes. tracks the that tracks. you've got for us yes. today. So the your tracks. first first track would be a, an early influence. I, th- I think so. An, an early, it, it, I suppose, inspiration. Bozlaf um, Martinu's um, concerto for piano and two string orchestras and timpani. That would be that would be one. And it's exciting. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's very exciting music, but it's bleak. It's it was written during the war. Okay. And so and and he was he was a Czech he was a Czechoslovakian, and um, you know it somehow reflects that that period that which a very dark history, but it's it's so powerful and so rhythmic. It's lots of motor rhythm in it, mm. and I like rhythm. Okay. Which leads on okay. to the jazz one. Then. Of course. <laughs>
I, I think um, Ornette Coleman's Harlem's Manhattan, where, where he's playing tenor saxophone, and with Ed Blackwell. I think Ed Blackwell is a is a fantastic drummer. He, I would call Ed Blackwell a sort of contrapuntal drummer. Sure. You know, and I find I find that kind of playing really very special. Mm. You know. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay. Um, I, th- I suppose I would have to have Thelonious Monk, wouldn't I? I have to have a Could pianist. Could do. Or, yes. or uh, one, of th- your, one of your peers, something you've done with Trevor, maybe? Or something oh, something I've done with Trevor. Well. You mean with Eternal Triangle? Yeah. Yeah, or something. Yes, that would, be quite, that would be quite an interesting one. I suppose uh, what we'll do then, um, I think probably Trevor, Trevor's quite keen on a piece which we, which we, which we call it Jara, J-A-R-A. Okay. And... It's got quite a lot of spirit and it's quite shortish. And, and there's, I think in some ways it encapsulates the, a kind of jazz, folk and classical element. Ticks all the boxes. Ticks the boxes, exactly. <laughs> Great. That's brilliant, Berrien. It was a pleasure to meet you. Um, really looking forward to the gig hey, tonight. Yeah. I was, the sound check sounded brilliant, so I'm sure okay. the rest of the gig is going to be equally as interesting and exciting. Well, let's see what happens, eh? Have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you, Ben.
That was Jara by Eternal Triangle. And the other tracks were Allegro, the third movement of Bohoslav Martinu's double concerto for two string orchestras, piano and timpani, and Ornette Coleman's Harlem's Manhattan. Thank you to Varian Weston for a very inspiring chat. I'll be checking out tessellations and exploring 52 pentatonic scales for years to come. Make sure you search Wakefield Jazz on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our mailing list for gigs, listings and updates. I'll be back soon with another Jazz Heads. See you then. Mm-hmm.